BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Hello, friends. Welcome back to the show. Got a good one for you today. Two gentlemen join me live in studio for an incredible conversation around a new digital health startup called Rune, R-O-O-N. Vikram Bhaskaran and Dr. Rohan Ramakrishna are the co-founders of Rune. And what's interesting is that Rohan is the chief of neurological surgery at New York Presbyterian and the second neurosurgeon right here on Out of Patients. Why is that exciting? Because I had brain surgery. I don't really get to interact with lots of neurosurgeons in a social setting. So it was kind of karmic, exciting. And I asked him point blank, what's it like to touch a brain? Vikram's life came to a crashing halt when he had to deal with a family member that had ALS. All of that inspired him to leave his job and start Ruin with Rohan. Their goal is to make sure that people know shit exists when they need to know it. What a novel idea. They're all about empathy in medicine, understanding burnout, and their primary focus out of the gate with Rune is to support the glioblastoma community, one of the most underserved groups in all of cancer. I'm excited they're here. It's a great conversation. Let's get started. All right, gentlemen. It's nice to physically see you in person here in the studio. We are excited to be here and see you in person as well, Matt. I'm going to start with Rohan. Yep. Because you're the second neurosurgeon to ever be on my show. David Langer yeah. was the first neurosurgeon here on my show. And I got to ask him a, a bunch of cool questions as someone myself who was a customer of someone just like you. Yep. What's it like to touch someone's brain? It is a, it continues to be a surreal experience when you open up the brain or open up the skull for the first time. It's not something you'll ever forget. It's a feeling of wonderment and awe that you're able to open up the skull, look at the brain and impact someone in a, in a positive way. So, and I still feel this way, you know, so many years into being a neurosurgeon. Okay, now the most important question for you, Vikram, I noticed you're on the board of the Museum of Food and Drink. Do I get a hall pass and just a, a full year of you know, residency so I can eat anything I want? That's basically right. Okay. We're, we're, th <laughs> we're, we're pinky swearing today, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Why that? Why that organization? You know, I've always been interested in New York City culture. I used to work for the New York City Economic Development Group about a decade ago. And so I've always been very fascinated by the city and, and how the city evolves. I love food. I love how I love cooking. I recently actually started cooking during the pandemic. And most of the time it's edible. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, have you been over? <laughs> of course. Yeah. You, his, uh, his, what's that? Um, Epicure, are you the human Epicurious for at his dinner table? Well, you know, it's fun to be his critic only because it's him, but. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the punching mayor of the show is. Yeah, exactly. And maybe it's because I'm such a bad cook that I want to, so I want to be associated Wait, with so my Wait, so has bad. he improved? Oh, no. His, his food is actually shockingly Edible. good. Is it evidence-based? 
Is it evidence-based? No. no. Okay. No. It's cookbook-based. I guess that's okay. evidence-based. Fair yeah. Enough. yeah. But the, the museum is this amazing, you know, we believe that like food is the is the front door to every interesting question. And so the, the goal for the museum is to build uh, a space in New York City that allows you to explore um, really any topic, but through the lens of food. And so the, the tagline for the museum is food is culture. And we do amazing shows from the history of the coffee bean to chocolate to... Um, really Chinese-American food in America. And it's been a lovely thing to do on the side. Are you sure you're not Jewish? <laughs> exactly. Because we are the same people, basically. Exactly. Food yeah. and guilt. Food, food and, and guilt. guilt. And, yeah. and mothers. mothers. Mothers are the yes. same. And giant weddings. One more corollary between Indians and Jews. Most of us have last names no one can pronounce. Mm-hmm. I mean, my last name is Zachary, but that's a ruse because that's my middle name. Mm-hmm. My real last name, my legal last name, and everyone knows this, is Greenswag. Try mm. to spell that. W-E-I-G? Oh, you win. Forget it. Ah, uh, okay. Indian's also really good at spelling. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's true. You may have heard of the Scripps spelling bee that the... I have heard of that. Indian yeah. community seems to dominate <laughs> every year. <laughs> Fantastic. So I want to go back to the early days of the internet because you worked at Pinterest. And I remember very vividly when I was working in Stupid Cancer, we were trying to be at the forefront of all these things popping up. But this was like post MySpace, post Friendster. Facebook was... Kind of, kind of with Obama started, made yeah. like Facebook a thing in 08 when it was running. Yep. Twitter was like, whatever this is. YouTube, like, what is you? Oh, tubes. I know what tubes are. Well, <laughs> you know, my kids are like, what's a tube? Why is it called YouTube? And then this, this thing called Pinterest came around. We're like, what is this? Yeah. And the Gen X version was, oh, it's like a clothesline in the alley of a tenement of things you care about. <laughs> is that fair? You know, when I think when it originally got when it got started, you know, it was really a small community of people that were that were saving things on the web and really building beautiful collections. Um, and so, when we initially got started, the thought was, you know, make something that anyone could save and organize and showcase their taste. And so, we really started with this insight that what if we build a platform that allowed you to to look at someone else's taste and get inspiration from from other people's taste. Did you use Pinterest, Rohan? So when Pinterest uh, took off and or or was just starting, I was in the middle of neurosurgery residency. So, <laughs> so I, it took off the day you're actually in surgery on some patient. <laughs> yeah. Well, not well. He was making terrariums. <laughs> I was making, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which inspired by Pinterest. So I at the time I had was just always working. So my interaction with social media in that phase of my life was pretty limited. So my wife used Pinterest though um, at the time. And, you know, I think it's interesting because if you think of among the many reasons Pinterest is so amazing is creation of these tastemakers and then, you know, having people interact with that. It's, it's, this, it's this beautiful way of showcasing and curating content online. It was like the first visual listicle. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Really fascinating. And it really did help Stupid Cancer. We had a whole channel on there. Oh, wow. And we let people like share their stories and, and like post it posts of people they lost and memoriam tributes. It was a f- just like we tried to just, all right, it's a thing. What do we do with it? Very valuable stuff. So yeah. kudos on, well, you didn't found it. You were like, but you were there like day one, weren't you? I was, yeah, I was there in the very early days and was their first business hire and really was there through the journey. And they're still around. They're still around. Still around, yeah. still yeah. around doing amazing things and they haven't got bought. It's amazing. Yeah. Right? Still a private company? Yeah. Well, it's no, a they, public it's company. It's a public company. company. Yeah. I, I, all right. This is my my absolute, I don't understand money. World, Wall Street, they haven't been acquired. Hasn't been acquired. Hasn't right. Been acquired. So they're just, they're yeah. doing great stuff. Yeah. And I think the the interesting thing with Pinterest is, you know, the, the way we used to think about it, which is still very much the way the service is today, is 
people go there for inspiration. Mm-hmm. And we always used to say, or, you know, that Google was really good for questions that have one right answer. Mm-hmm. But for all of the questions that are subjective, where you want to see creative possibilities, right? Uh, your dream home, where you want to go on vacation, what what should you make for dinner? There's no one right answer. Pinterest is really good at showcasing or showing you a range of different things that you can discover. And so, you know, what Google did to search, Pinterest did to discovery. And um, it's still an amazing product for questions. Like Rohan probably has a hairstyle board. Yes, um, yes. Which is for a our, private, private for our, board. For our listeners, he, it's more of an aspirational board. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm getting to the how the Pinterest guy met the neurosurgeon guy, but I want to ask him one more question. Yeah. You know, as an underachiever mm-hmm. with... No, no credentials to your name whatsoever. <laughs> Why neurosurgery? The brain is just fundamentally, I think, the most fascinating thing in the universe, right? I mean, if you think of the universe tends towards entropy or disorder, the complete diametric opposite is the brain. It's the most organized thing we know of in the in the observable or even unobservable universe, right? And the ability to uh, interact with that surgically and hopefully positively impact people as a result, you know, was just incredibly fascinating to me uh, when I first chose neurosurgery and still remains to this day fascinating. So, and there's so much about the brain that's just clearly yet to be discovered in terms of how physicians can impact neurologic diseases, but but then also just in terms of how the brain works and how it recovers and reorganizes and neuroplasticity, all of those things are incredibly fascinating to me. What is the number one thing you can debunk about what people think of the brain? Hmm, that's a great question. Like, do we really only use three percent? Yes, that's a great one. So we actually we use our whole brain. It, we don't have these vast geographic regions of unused real estate. You know, we use everything. Now there are parts that apparently you can do uh, without. For example, we sometimes take out the temporal lobe in patients, uh, on particularly on the right side, and people uh, generally have no real effect from that. Um, obviously, it's the context of disease. We don't do that in a normal person yeah. uh, without, without any <laughs> I brain am illness. I missing my temper. <laughs> yes. <so. laughs> I should have told He's you. He's missing his show. amygdala. His T-shirt Actually, just says amygdala. frontal lobes yeah. are for losers. Exactly. So, one. <laughs> so that's the answer? Yeah, I think... I think. Does fish make you smarter? Does Eating fish make, fish well, make you smarter? Omega-3 acids. Uh, that's not a myth. I think omega-3 acids are actually good for brain health. Um, yes. And I mean, he's a doctor. All right. So how did Harry meet Sally? We have different versions, and there's revisionist history. So I'll let his, okay. him tell his version. Yeah, the, you yeah. put you put two Indians in a Jew in a room, you get seven opinions. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I was at I was having I was at a bar in India with my now wife um, on our first date, and we were just having a conversation. And then was this, he the waiter? No, he was. <laughs> <laughs> and then he came over to me and said, "Hey, are you Rashmi's sister? Rashmi's my sister." Mm-hmm or Rashmi's brother, and I said, uh, and I was completely shell-shocked because I had no idea who this was. I was in the middle of my date having strong game, yeah. I think, you know, in retrospect. Bravo, uh, bravo, uh, <laughs> bravo. And I said, yeah. Uh, and so that's how we first met in a bar in India on our first date. Um, yeah, and the first date was not with me, but with his wife. Just yes, yes. So, I think yeah. we, we did it clarify that. It wasn't Rohan and I on the first date. Wait, did you like, who is this guy and why are you stalking me? Or was like, I like this guy and you're in the club? Well, it wasn't, it was a very brief interaction of one where I was surprised and he was 
trying to figure out this familial relationship he'd discovered. So yeah, that was the thing. And it turns out that he ended up marrying my sister. Uh, well, there you go. Yeah. So you wanted a Bollywood story. We give you a Bollywood story a Bollywood in story. the first three minutes of the show. Yeah. And we talked about weddings before weddings. So exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And the my version of the story is my my wife used to wear sunglasses indoors, and that's like one of the signature things she does. Um, still what, today, still today, it's like a fashion thing. And I mean, on her head, not on, on her, her head. head. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should be clear. She's gonna kill me when she hears this. Story. Yeah. <laughs> when she goes to the mirror, she, it must be really different. And then, than Anna Wintour. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> and then Rohan, you know, was wearing sunglasses on his head indoors. That signature move made me make a causal connection in my brain that these two may be related. And so I walked up to him and I said, hey, do you th- are you Rashmi's brother? And in my first my first thought was, hey, there's a billion Indians. It's quite unlikely that another Indian dude in a bar wearing glasses indoors <laughs> is the brother of your your girlfriend at the time. But sure enough, it was, you know, and then that led to a decades long friendships and our worlds have never really intersected. I think Pinterest and neurosurgery rarely intersect, except for the terrariums that Rohan, right. yes. Rohan made. The set terrariums. <laughs> the set terrariums. But, uh, but yeah, we've known each other for a while. And uh, I always like to say that, you know, business moves at the speed of trust. Mm-hmm. And so what's really fun about building this company with Rohan uh, and our other third co-founder is we say whatever we want to each other and there's just a high trust environment. And so, yeah. No, I, I think working together has been you know, one of the joys of my adult life so far in the sense of um, working on a new problem and really trying to bring something new into the world that can uh, transform hopefully the lives of patients and care caregivers that are experiencing challenging health conditions. And, and like Vikram said, it's like we have thankfully between our, not just the three co-founders and us, but our whole team, this this nice culture where, you know, where we can say, we can challenge each other. Or there's really no, it's not about hard feelings. It's about just pushing. We're all sort of aligned and trying to make the best possible product for our patients and caregivers. Well, we're going to get to Rune yeah. in the second half of the show. But you ahead. did mention a billion Indians, and I did stalk your uh, YouTube a little bit. Uh-oh. I typed your name in. By the way, there's another person with your name. Maybe that's mm. entirely common. Doppelganger. Right. Yeah. And all he does is, uh, I'm going to pronounce this incorrect, Samaveda chanting. Some of it, that's not me. <laughs> that, no, we know that's not you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But if you type in your name, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. you get a bunch of stuff of you and, and then he, this poor yeah. guy There's that's a, doing this chanting yeah. on YouTube. But you gave a, a TED talk or some kind of talk, yeah. TED-ish talk, yep. called An Inside Joke for a Billion People. Good researcher you are. I, I, I Most I'm, people don't find I'm not that. a journalist, but I play one on the radio. Yeah, yeah. Guess how many views it's had. Uh, you know, I, it's been five years since I've checked. So eighty-two thousand. Wow, very impressive. <laughs> and there was one comment in particular that stood out to me. Mm. I'm readily amazed how much we talk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that you called it nostalgia. Yep. Yeah. I love that you called it nostalgia. Yeah. Right. A passion for the '80s and '90s. Enduring theme here on the show, by yep. the way. Oh, I love the 80s. It's the best decade. What was the best cartoon in the 80s in India? Ooh, so we had, you know, India was a socialist country for most of my childhood. And so we had state- Yeah, the queen just died. So. State, state-run television. So we yeah. had like four channels. And um, there was this very absurd uh, show called Giant Robot. It was just like a giant robot that would go around a city and destroy a city. So not much happened except for this robot running free, uh, destroying everything in its path. But we didn't know better in the, uh, you know, and then 
MTV showed up when I was 16 and then we were like just change the world change the world we were like damn why why wasted yeah where my I, youth where on giant been, robot where have you been your, my whole life what was your favorite 80s cartoon Voltron love Voltron yeah Thund- defender of the universe yes Thundercats ho <laughs> <laughs> DuckTales well life is like a hurricane yes exactly yeah but but Google Voltron yeah it's worth yeah, your time yeah yeah, yeah. Anyway, so what was the gist of this talk about? And then we're going to cut to the break because yeah. I think it's highly relevant to what you're doing today. Yeah, actually. So, you know, India, I grew up in India. Um, we have thousands of languages, literally thousands of languages. At the time, 350 English, 350 million English speakers. And, you know, I've I've, I've always loved slang. And at some point, it just occurred to me that we have such a rich culture of slang and um and and all of the different languages intermingling with English in in amazing ways, and of course I I saw the Urban Dictionary and I was like, hey, we have a billion people, we have you know amazing slang, we should build an Indian or South Asian Urban Dictionary, and so we launched it, you know, about a decade ago. It was called Samosapedia, and it it took off, right? So people loved it. Thousands of words. We ended up being building the largest Indian or South Asian encyclopedia of slang. And all the dirty it, words too, right? All the good words are dirty. It was just like an amazing, <laughs> an amazing thing because I think, you know, the big insight we had was like language is culture. And so through defining words and celebrating language, uh, people felt a deep sense of connection and a new type of internet community formed, right? This community where uh, they all felt that they could, they all had an inside joke and, and uh, it brought them closer together. And so it was a really fun project, but... Haven't visited or revisited in a while. Must be scary by now. Lots of new words keep popping up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and uh, maybe we'll hear an ad for Bollywood. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. (laughs) Come on, let's channel it. It's it's all random. There might be some amazing Bollywood movie ad coming up right now. Exactly. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. All right. Let's talk family. Mm-hmm. Right. Your dad and what I've read and heard about him reminds me of my dad. Hmm. They're caring empathetic, scared to death of him maybe a little bit here and there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Always wanted to make him happy and please him. And my dad went through a life-altering experience, and we somehow banded together. But your father is kind of what is driving your path these days. Yeah. So let's talk about him. For most of my my dad's life, you know, we always remember him as an entrepreneur, uh, a storyteller, you know, an athlete amazing father, musician. And he was definitely like a larger than life person that he was one of the guys who you walk into a room and, you know, everyone just 
circles around him, very charismatic person. And we had a very amazing childhood. But then at the age of 59, he was diagnosed with ALS. And of course, it presented as symptoms. And then at one day, we realized it was ALS. ALS is a Lou Gehrig's disease, yeah. rare neurodegenerative disease. You know, it basically makes you lose all your, your you lose your all your muscles, right? And average lifespan, three to five years. And I think that that single incident really has shaped my life since then, my worldview um, and in, in multiple ways. For one, I think it's just made me re- acutely appreciate the limited time on the planet. And mortality is something that I always, I'm, I've just become very much someone that lives in the present. And then two is, I think in a weird way, it was a very dark period, but it ended up being a gift because it forced me to rethink my career. And the journey of navigating that condition was so dark and so bleak for mostly my mom and then most of our family mm-hmm. that I felt, you know, a real moral obligation to to do something about it. And and yeah. So that sparked the idea behind Rune. Yep. But what was the thing that you felt was missing the most that you wanted to solve for? You know, it started off as an emotional space, which was the disease was so isolating. You know, ALS affects tens of thousands of people. And in a country like India, it's it's it felt even more isolating, right? In India, there's a thousand neurologists. There's a thousand neurologists in Massachusetts. Wait, for a billion people, for a there's billion a thousand people, neurologists. Yeah. So there's a massive like neurology shortage. And so the journey of just like not knowing what this was, the 18 month cycle, you know, window to diagnosis, the fact that we didn't have access to, you know, the same quality care, access to clinical clinical trials, every part of this extremely hard journey was infinitely harder because we were sort of cut off from, you know, experts. And uh, and then, you know, I was at this internet company and <laughs> most of my time- This think, small internet this small, company. But like, you know, most of our, intellectual capital was spent thinking about how we build a beautiful, beautiful version of the of the internet for people navigating, you know, quote unquote, like lifestyle questions. And it was just, it hit me like a lightning bolt where I was like, here I am, you know, at Pinterest, we have some of the best designers, product thinkers, engineers, storytellers, and we put so much stock into, you know, getting happy, happy people live a little bit happier, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's an amazing service. But I, you know, go home every night and see how hard it was for our family to navigate very simple things like, you know, basic information around the condition, right? Google took us down infinite rabbit holes of misinformation and it felt overwhelming. If we joined communities online to find other people, mostly at the time and still Facebook groups, we found that there were no experts in the room. So again, this sort of morass of more misinformation and it was just crazy to me that, you know, at the time is 2018, we, you know, I lived and worked in Silicon Valley in New York and we had so much mind share, mind share on problems that really didn't affect my father and my family. And then the experience of health was just so bad. And when I did a little bit of soul searching and talked to people outside of the ALS community, it was the same story again and again, right? If you had, whether it was breast cancer or a caregiver for someone with dementia, or if your child had uh, a a rare condition. Just endless common threads. The same common thread, which is I feel alone, the internet feels really scary, and I don't feel supported. And 
it occurred to me that even though it's the the core insight came from one journey with a rare condition, it was a much larger, broader human problem. And so, yeah, that spark rune. Rune is my dad's name. And that's R O O N, not rune like Dune, which is a terrible which is a, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And so the the name is, I wanted to really put the patient, the inspiration of the person at the center. My dad's name was A-R-U-N, Arun. So Arun is a play on his name. Uh, Rohan and I really wanted to make sure that the name was short and easy to remember. Yes, good branding, by the way. universally, if you're in a crisis, we wanted you to be able to, you know, it should be four words, four letters. And the, and the domain was available? Rune.care. Rune.care. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. .care. Yeah. Top-level domains Top, for the win. <laughs> exactly, yeah. We joke that Rune is also Rohan on, Ro comma on, but it's a nod to the fact that we can't build this without doctors. Right. And we'll talk about that a little bit. So when did you lose the bet to start this company with him? <laughs> <laughs> well, it turns out the, re, you know, the men, melding of the minds was really during the pandemic because we were quarantined around each other. And for years... You know, to take a step back for me, you know, I've always wanted to be the best n- neurosurgeon I could possibly be and deliver the best possible care I could always deliver. I mean, part- you'd know right away if you were a bad neurosurgeon. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, Pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. And patient experience um, is a huge part of that. And I just remember in clinic all the time, people asking me, you know, for years, you know, what are some great resources that, or what are any resources uh, that we can go to to help manage this disease? And you know, I was a little ashamed of the internet from a standpoint of giving a real recommendation. You know, there's some great advocacy groups out there, but, you know, that's not the end-all be-all of content or community when it comes to uh, navigating a serious illness. So, you know, I was just thinking to myself, there's got to be a better way where we take the best of product design, engineering, all these, and medicine, things where people have spent countless energy and capital to make shopping easier. Yes. Why aren't we developing and using and harnessing that same intelligence and uh, resources to make the experience of health and disease better for patients and families? And well, because so, no one wants it. Well, you live in a uh, supply-only economy, my friend. <laughs> yes, yes. I can't wait to get brain cancer, said <laughs> yeah. no one ever. You're developing products and services for a market that doesn't want it, need it, or, or even knows it exists to help them when they didn't know they needed it. Right, yeah. right. And then the, the other piece of it as a doctor is that you know, you think of the ways that we're able to communicate and the things that we love to do. You know, if you ask any doctor, the real thing that they love, if you strip away the EMR and billing and Epic and all these things. That yeah, make... Let's take money out of healthcare for a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How yeah. much easier would it be? Yeah. I mean, the thing that doctors love is that patient-doctor interaction, right? It's like that fundamental human helping another human piece that makes medicine so enjoyable. And so what we're trying to do is you know, in addition to creating a resource of support, information, and empowerment, is to allow doctors to participate at scale and really amplify that primordial piece of medicine, which is the patient-doctor interaction, and make that fun delightful for doctors. Okay. So, uh, now to the Shark Tank round of the show. Yeah. These are short questions, short answers. Mm-hmm. What exactly is Rune? Vikram. Rune is, Rune aspires to be the place where people navigating complex conditions go to find information, community, and support. I noticed in your boilerplate you said, the most supportive place online for people navigating complex health conditions, which reminded me of my wife's question, why does every bagel store in Brooklyn say Brooklyn's best bagels? Mm. Because they can. Mm. I'd like to believe that this is the most supportive place online, but 
is it? You have to. I'm just. Yeah. I'm writing you because yeah. I get. Um, yeah, and to that, I think it's going back to Samosapedia. You know, we started it and we said it's the definitive guide to South Asian lingo. Well, because lingo. it became the definitive. It became, guide. and I think, you know, you start with your north star. And our North Star from day one is, can we build the most supportive place on Yeah, I'm not knocking it. I think it's fantastic. But this goes back to the intervention of what you didn't know you needed. All right. How does it work? So currently, uh, Rune is a service that is sort of a meld, mind meld of Quora, Reddit, and Masterclass. Um, And not Pinterest? uh, Not really (laughs) Pinterest. Not, (laughs) Not really Pinterest. Uh, But really what it does is provides information guided by experts in the field, uh, but also by patients and caregivers who have experienced it. And our North Star when we launched Rune uh, several uh, weeks ago was, can we be better than Google for this one condition? Mm-hmm. And I think- Which is what? Glioblastoma. Glioblastoma. Your first product. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Glioblastoma, for those who don't know, is a brain cancer, sadly very lethal, and incredible challenges for families that are navigating the the disease. And so our goal was, can, you know, we know that people go to Google, WebMD, Facebook, looking for answers, right? Looking for, you know, light in in a lot of darkness. And we wanted to show that we could provide a journey uh, or information that was journey specific, empathic, and continuously updating, you know, to create the best resource for patients and families uh, navigating the disease. And so I think, you know, our feedback, thankfully, has been amazing so far. By the way, in um, ticking the checkbox of bald, good-looking brain cancer dudes, <laughs> um, Adam Hayden, great guy, great yeah. friend. I'm not offended. Moving on. <laughs> uh, so is the supposition that any family affected by a glioblastoma diagnosis is made aware of rune across all health systems and all, presumably all, neurosurgical, yeah. neuro-oncologic, yep. neuro-whatever? So one of the things that I think is important to us is that rune is not a hospital marketing website, right? So any content really that you find about an illness nowadays is drives you back to some hospital website because they wanna drive you to their hospital. There's an agenda there, right? Our agenda is, you know, is as pure as it can be, which is we wanna create something where it's maximally impactful and useful for anyone navigating the disease, no matter where you are. So uh, whether in the US or Canada and eventually, you know, globally. So, you know, we're not trying to push mm-hmm. any one particular thing, we're trying to push the best information and resources for anyone that, to, that has a disease. To, just to build on that, there's two sources of information when you navigate any health condition. There's stuff that only someone who's as bald and good looking as Brohan should answer, a neurosurgeon, a medically trained professional. Yeah, this is radio. No one knows you're bald. Like exactly. Me. I should not okay. have said that. But, um, <laughs> but then there's stuff that only other people in the trenches um, can teach you or, or, you know, when my dad had ALS, we had questions like, how can we find a home health aid in Bangalore, India? A neurologist you know, at UCSF will not know the answer to that question. And so a big product insight for us is, how do we get the best of medical expertise with the best patient caregiver community that usually develops, sadly, encyclopedic knowledge mm-hmm. about navigating the condition? And it is the coalescing of you know, the MD and the tribal knowledge that makes it special. Right. 20 years ago, that was called community wealth. Remember that term? Community wealth. (laughs) It sounded really fancy. Like, I'm a blogger. Community wealth. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. This tribal knowledge that builds up, we just call it life hacks. Yeah. 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 And you have a a reapplication of life hacks. Yeah. 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 In fact, we have a 
informational bucket on our app called Life Hacks. Oh, really? Uh, specifically that. So I think- You know, that's um, maybe not public domain, I said it first. <laughs> <laughs> and the idea behind that is how do we harness this tribal expertise mm -hmm. um, and do it in a way that's uh, crowdsourced, but still intelligent yeah. and surfaces the best stuff. And speaking of Adam Hayden, that's what Adam, you know, you'll see Rohan on the videos, but Adam will talk about the experience of X mm -hmm. and people find the patient view that really goes through the experience of something as valuable, if not more valuable than the medical perspective. And, and I think the flip side too, that we've learned sort of unintentionally is how much the doctors learn from hearing the patient experience. Now that sounds like it should be self-evident. Yeah. You know, doctors should be listening to the patients all the time, but I think the just number of insights that patients and families bring to the management of the disease and how doctors can uh, help them with that is it's a two-way street. It's not just a one-way street. And I think uh, they've been, all our doctors have been surprised at how much they've learned um, during this process themselves. Well, I like the fact that there's almost like a two-way empathy street mm -hmm. here too. Mm -hmm. It's, it's yes, you need the medical mechanics mm -hmm. of this, but the fact that you can create more of a holistic relationship that's mm -hmm. based on trust, despite burnout ruining things, mm -hmm. which is a separate podcast we can do, mm -hmm is really valuable. So yeah. wrapping up real quick, let's get into the, the last question is, how can anyone listening that's affected by glio or anything, mm -hmm. it's just an ideal model for this, what can patients do? Or is it completely dependent on doctors to tell them? Or can Google know it exists? Yep, I, I can start. Mm -hmm. I think the, the first thing anyone listening should do, and if you are touched by glioblastoma in any way, patient, caregiver, or someone that knows someone is go to rune.care. Uh, it takes less than two minutes to sign up. The reason we have a sign up flow is, you know, we really want it to be a safe space. We also want to understand where you are on the journey. And so a lot of the experience is mindful of where you are on the journey. And basically, once you log on, you get what Rohan alluded to, which is, you know, a masterclass like set of content with patients, caregivers, and some of the leading medical experts on that space, on in, on glioblastoma, really teaching you about how to navigate this journey. And then you you get access to an instant community of other people around the, the country, eventually around the world, sort of to guide you as you go along with it. The goal is to open it up to many more conditions, uh, because I think this core insight we've had, which is that you know, the kind of digital front door for health is open, that no one knows where to start when they have a, a hard, complex, you know, health condition is, is universal and we're going after that, yeah. that insight across a range of different conditions. So um, the goal is to launch something for dementia, for ALS. It's um, a good scaling strategy. Yeah. yeah. All right, Rohan, take us home. If I take a step back, the th one of the things that drives me crazy in modern medicine is this idea of concierge medicine, where you pay for better access, better, you know, quote unquote care, et cetera. And my view is concierge care should be available to every single human on the planet, mm -hmm. right? Amen. And I think the what we're hoping with Rune is that we are your consigliere, your guide for all of life's hardest journeys, right? And um, that's what we aspire to be, and and that's our that's our north star. All right, Vikram Bhaskaram and Rohan Ramakrishna. Yes. W what do I win for saying that correctly? 
A cannoli. By the uh, way, 2020. 2020... person Indian wedding. <laughs> <laughs> 50,000 person yeah, we'll Indian stage, wedding. We'll stage the whole wedding for you. And, and I got to go to the Museum of Food and Drink. Permanent, exactly. permanent admission. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, by the way, 2022 New York Super Doctor. I should point that out. Congratulations. Oh, thank Where's you. Your, did they give you a cape? They, <laughs> no, they gave me a frame that I have to buy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Rune.care is the platform. Check it out. And we will see you back next time here on Out of Patience. Gentlemen, thank you so very much. Thank you. Thank very you, much. Man. Out of Patience with Matthew Zachary is an Offscript Health production. The executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Andrew McDowell. Our senior producer is Sarah Rosa Davies. It's mixed and edited by Sarah Rosa Davies and Kyle Moore. Special thanks to Brianna Seely for added support. If you like the show, ratings and reviews are always welcome. Leave us a message anytime at 855-AUDIO-66. That's 855-AUDIO-66 to share your healthcare shitness with us, and we might just play them on the air on a future episode. For more information about this show and Offscript Health, visit offscript.com. That's offscript, no T, dot com.